Hello everybody, this is Captain Cats. And we are Cats. Alright, welcome back to the show. And here, returning from a long time, is Omega Kai. How are you doing, Omega Kai? Fine, fine, but that's my old name. But now on, I'm Chris Candido, fan number seven. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Candido. Yeah. Chris Candido. Six people before me. Can't believe that. <laughs> Chris Candido, seven. Chris Candido, yeah, seven. Yeah. All right. I don't be surprised. One of you is four and five. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> ah, dude, I'm uh, I, I'm not I'm not good as Chris Candido. Nah, me neither. Oh man, I love booing him. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's like, oh, go back to WWE, loser. <laughs> I miss those days. <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like you love to hate somebody, hate to boo him, and you love to see him fail. Yeah. But you don't want to see him go ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's just there to feel that void and now he's gone it's like eh, i can't hate shark boy <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay that's a sidebar okay okay continue continue <laughs> uh, it's good to have you back okay all right so we got a lot to talk about today you know what's going on and everything so first and foremost um as of recording right now the new york comic-con has just ended there was some a lot of interesting stuff that's going on and everything like that. But uh, two of the biggest things that just came out of it was Animaniacs. Anybody who grew up in the 90s uh, saw Animaniacs. Well, the Steven Spielberg 3, as Animaniacs, Freakazoid, and uh, Tiny Two Adventures. But out of all of the three, Animaniacs was the most beloved. I, I disagree with that. Yeah, yeah, I always thought Freakazoid was. No, no, I mean, the offshoot of the Animaniacs, Pinky in the Brain, was my beloved one. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. The Love Child, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about Pinky in the Brain. The was... Rosebud of all that. Yeah. <laughs> Steven Spielberg tunes. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. Pinky in the Brain, was that was that good. It was so good, it actually, it was written off of the main show to do their own thing. That's how good they and were. And the Good Feathers. And the Good Feathers. Don't forget about the Good Feathers. Oh, yeah, yeah, they did for a while. Oh, man. So many great, great things came from that series and all. Yeah. So, um, during during the Animaniacs panel at New York Comic Con, we got to see like a good two minutes of what the new series looked like. Uh, personally, it looks fine. It kind of looks the same. The humor is still there. Um, you actually see Steven Spielberg, quote-unquote, cam- uh, camo... Doing a cameo as himself, um, and they did a whole parody of Jurassic Park, another film that he did. Um, so, in terms of that, are you guys excited with uh, the return of of uh, Animaniacs to Hulu exclusively? Hmm. I, I guess I'll go first with this. Hmm. No, <laughs> absolutely not. Not because it's a. Uh... I don't love the anime act or anything like that. It's just that mm-hmm. I've been burned, like, recently. Uh-huh. And mainly because it's my favorite 90s cartoon. They came back. Yes, I'm talking about DuckTales. Yes. Uh-huh. I've been burned so hard, I don't want to try another relationship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a, a retro, you know, a, it's, it's stuff that you love gets destroyed in front of you. Mm-hmm. You want to see it happen again, even though it's, like, your second favorite child. Mm-hmm. You know? It's like something happens to you, say your brother instead of you. You know, it's, I still feel something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's not like the first time. Right. Okay. But so. Tail was like that's, that was the one for me that I 
Uh-huh. So you, okay, so you but, didn't like the reboot, the reboot of DuckTales. Oh, no. <laughs> What's the storyline of DuckTales? Okay, Scrooge McDuck adopts Huey, Huey Dewey, and Louie, and uh, their supposedly friend, and they go off on adventures. And, you mean Launchpad? No, launch, the Launchpad was there, but um, what's her name? Uh, Abigail. Abby. And they go off on adventures. From treasures and stuff like that. Different parts of the world. Just to get treasure. That was it. They were gold diggers. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, is that the original one or the new one? No, that's the original one. Okay. Yeah, but the original had one where it had a core storyline of the Sun Coins. Yeah. The Golden City. You know, it had like all these... Um, they had like little story arcs. Little story arcs. Yeah. And it was more like Steven, Sp- like, you know, Steven Spielberg, ironically. Yeah. It was kind of like a Disney's, a Disney's response to Indiana Jones. And I, I enjoyed that. And they had micro story. The new one feels like uh, kind of hate to say this. You know, it, it, it was good. It's like a Rugrats cartoon, right? Without, without family drama, it was just every day something weird happens, but there's no correlation between the next episode or the previous one. Ah, uh, so lack of continuity. No lack continuity of, is a better word. Okay. Lack of, and also lack of consistency. Yeah, and, and the villains you can't. You can't feel or develop for him like you did the old ones. That's true. Mm-hmm. Like the guy who had gold fever, he always hiccups. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out that the hiccuping was a condition of being in gold fever. <laughs> so <laughs> then everybody started hiccuping and like, oh, they have gold fever. That's why. You know? Right. So he, he had some, you know, build to it and a backstory. Eventually, there, you know, evolves and revolves around the adventure of the Sun Coins. Right, no, that's good. And also, too, like, way too many cameos. Way too many cameos. Like, they tease you that they're going to do something, but they're not going to do anything. Yeah. But, yeah, but, so, but going back to Adam Ediacs, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be like that, but they're not going to do any shorts, like, the old days. Oh, yeah, okay, okay, here's the thing. When they made the announcement about Animaniacs, okay, they said that they were going to bring back the original voice actors for Pinky and the Brain, and for um, Yakko, Yakko, Warner, and Dog. I was slappy. Here's the negative thing. They're not bringing... Okay, no. They're not bringing back Slappy Squirrel. They're not bringing back Skippy. They're not bringing back Hello Nurse, uh, Minerva Mink, Rita and Runt, Chicken Boo, uh, Buttons and Mindy. The Good Feathers are not bringing back. Um... What about so, Mr. Skullhead? They're not bringing Mr. Skullhead back either. Or Mr. Mime, or, or the segment "Good Idea, Bad Idea." None of them. I think they're. I think they're not. I think they're going to bring back Doctor Scratch and Sniff, and maybe the and maybe the the Warner President. And I think that's it. So they're pretty much cutting out every stereotypes. No, they're pretty much cutting out everything that made the first rendition great. Well, yeah, but the first rendition was like a parody off of, uh, uh, I forgot what that show with Goldie Hawn, the variety show. Yeah. Uh, La- Laughing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it felt like that, so, but they had to fill with stereotypes. There was a grumpy old lady, which was slappy living in a tree, mm-hmm. with her joyful mm-hmm. nephew, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there was the Italian mafia, the good fellas. The good yeah. fellas. So they, they took those away, and I've got the other one, the, the, the big fat cat, rich, uh director in charge of Warner Brothers the president uh, yeah yeah so I, I, I think they just get rid of the stereotypes 
Yeah, but the thing is, too, a lot of the stereotypes were actually really funny. And also a um, an homage, more or less, to Vaudeville. Yeah. Good example, Rita and Runt. Yeah, they weren't the funniest, but they had a lot of memorable um, shorts, basically because of the singer, Rita. Who, um, who's, uh, ironically, the voice actress who did uh, did the voice of Rita was not even a voice actress. She was a Broadway singer. They had to fly her out to from New York to LA just to do her mm-hmm. just to do her parts. Little fun fact. And she didn't uh, and they, was, hmm? So it wasn't Tess McNeil or Tress McNeil who did the Rita? No, it was Tress McNeil. She did the singing and everything. What she wasn't a voice actress? No, she never really was a voice actress. They said that the, the, she said that um when they asked her to do this, she was like, What what is it? Is it a stage play? No, it's for a cartoon. I have. Uh, I never knew that. Yeah. So this was I like. Was, yeah, and then um yeah, and um yeah, like some of the voice actors had to be flown in to do the to to re, to do the recording session. Actually, uh, Rita was voiced by. Let me do a correction. Bernadette Peters. Yes, yes, yes. Bernadette Peters. Okay. Yes. And she is a Tony Award winning actress. Yeah. Singer and children's book author of the uh, from uh, Ozone Park, Queens, New York, and she's one of the most critically acclaimed uh, Broadway performers, having received nominations for seven Tony Tony Awards and winning two. Yeah, so she was the voice of Rita. Yeah, so yeah, and um, yeah, so they so it was it was like that. It was, it was a lot of vaudeville, a lot of, of a lot of vaudeville, early vaudeville. Um, style of jokes like the Warners were just basically a little bit of the Marx Brothers and the Three Stooges um Rita and Runt was like the musical portion of Vaudeville uh Slappy and Skippy was all Vaudeville that was that was basically Abbott and Costello right there of the slapstick comedy and everything but um yeah so it's okay so you so you so in other words you're not on board with this no, no, I'm not excited like I was with DuckTales, mm-hmm. and then that ruined it. So this has to be the opposite, where it's like, I must hear great things first. Mm-hmm. You know, I do my Robin Hood impression. I heard things. I heard things. It <laughs> yeah. might be good. It might be bad. But I heard things. So yeah. It's, it's I, one of those where... It's, it's, I, I, would, uh, I would have to concur with uh, um, Chris Candido's seven here. <laughs> he, um yeah, he's right on the money, uh, especially since you know since we heard that they they're reducing the the cast and all that stuff. It's like, okay, where's gonna where's the fun stuff gonna happen? You know, like how are they gonna make this fun in this modern world? I mean, we're we're not gonna have like the the famous uh, Skippy uh, no the Slappy Squirrel where they made fun of Bambi. <laughs> oh, that was a great one. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can't make fun of the same. Yeah, I know, I know. But if they were to bring them back, how would they do it? Because that would be great. And let's not forget uh, the writing staff of Animaniacs. It wasn't just, uh, you know, Slappy and all, but all the other characters. They usually throw in some political jokes and stuff like that. Well, yeah, because uh, another fun fact, too, about the original Animaniacs writing staff, they were all joined together from from Tiny Toons and from Freakazoid and a lot of them were actually like Ivy League uh, school graduates and some of them were even like um, 
professional writers. Like, no, professional authors and stuff like that, but they went under pseudonames to write for the show. Kind of like The Simpsons, but that's using real names. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we weren't ashamed. We weren't ashamed. Conan O'Brien. Yeah. Yeah. Harvard graduate. Good old Conan. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I just want to see, well, do we, do, do we even know who's doing the writing staff? No. We don't even know. So, mm. But I do know that they, 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 they did bring some of the original animators back on board just to uh, oversee the animation. Like, you know, this is how they would look now, this, this and that. You know, try, try to be like um, a consultant or two on okay. the whole project. So, um, Me, on the other hand, I honestly, I'm kind of like 50-50. Yeah, I'm kind of glad they are coming back, but... With the with the huge cut of like almost eighty percent of the of the original show characters gone, you know I'm I'm the the big thing I'm worried about is just okay how are they gonna do the jokes how are they gonna do the comedy are they gonna you know are are they gonna try to do it like how the way they did with Looney Tunes now, which by the way hasn't done really good at all, and that was a bigger disappointment. So. Well, hype, but at the same time, we're, like, holding up a shield. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with, 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 you know, with a pincer maneuver. Yeah. <laughs> leaves the room. Everybody help! Yeah. The show sucks! <laughs> well, the only way to know is, because uh, I'm reading here uh, via Variety Magazine, that it's set to premiere on Hulu on November 20th with a 13-episode season. And also, Hula gave the revival a two-season series order. So, it's not on Netflix. I'm not watching it. Nah, it's, it's I'm a, just going to be honest. Yeah, well, it's exclusively on Hulu. So. Well, I don't get Hulu in Mexico. <laughs> nah. Yeah. I had to watch it at work. So, yeah, I'll, I'll have time to watch it. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is it worth my time? Mm-hmm. As long as Jacko's back, I'm happy. So. Yeah, no, all three Warners are coming back with all the original voice actors. Jacko's doing his songs. That's the best part, I thought. Oh, yeah. Countries of the World is still the best. Yeah, I, I think out of all the songs from the original Animaniacs, the, yeah, the Nations of the World was the far, I, I think the best kid song, I think, yeah. written. Because it was that good. And he did it in one take. Also, he redo it to add the countries that were founded later, after the show. Yep. And recognized by the UN. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, uh, he, was word, he ad hoc his own creation. Yep. <laughs> that was funny. Dedication. Dedication to the craft. Yep. Yeah. Mexicans. <laughs> yep. Alright, so moving right along from Animaniacs, another big announcement that came out of New York Comic Con was that Amazon is going to release um, quite possibly one of the best comic series that came out in the past 20 years, and that is uh, Robert Kirkman's Invincible. And uh, and to me, and they showed a small trailer for it, and it looks great, it feels great, and I think they did... Um, the sound and everything looks really good, and this is and this is one of the few comic IPs that I personally think was impossible to make live action. Um, 
but how the way they're doing it in animation and stuff like that. Um, it looks really great. Like, what do you guys think of it? Who's uh, going to play Mark Grayson? Um, Steven Yang. I never heard that guy. Steven Yuen? Yeah, Steven Yuen. Okay. Okay, so, it's a... Uh, was the character Asian? No. No? No. I mean, it's, it's kind of weird, because because all that, you know, uh, people, of uh, all these white voice actors who were doing black characters, you know, that all of them were... Right. Just saying that um, I apologize for the appropriation. Like, then you have a white guy who's voiced by Asian or a black person, mm-hmm. and nothing happens. So Hollywood's kind of hypocritical in this thing. I, I mean, I just I just noticed that I, I, when you said his name Yang, yeah, went, <laughs> so was just pointing it. I was like, huh, yeah. so we're over that. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so, oh, so and. Oh, sorry to interrupt, but here's the, uh, I'm reading from uh, IGN, uh, the, uh, there's a lineup of actors, so they're including Sandra Oh, Seth Rogen, Jillian Jacobs from Community, uh, Andrew Rannells, Rannells from uh, Black Monday and Girls, uh, Zazie Beetz, Mark Hamill, Walton uh, Goggins, Jason Manzoukas, uh, Mae Whitman, Chris Diamantopoulos, uh, Melise, Mike, uh, Kevin Michael Richardson, and Greg Griffin. Yeah, I think that's my dog in the background. Oh, oh the peanut gallery is back alive again. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, um, okay, so pretty much, would you give this a shot when it comes out or not? Uh, it depends on the animated style. I'm, I'm always more about the style than content. Mm-hmm. Especially comic books. Yes. Like, the Uncanny X-Men on Fox. Storyline, oh. I think, pretty much is not good as the comic, mm-hmm. but the style of the animation, uh, it's supposed to be, you know, oh. I enjoy. Yeah, timeless. It's close. Yeah. Jimmy. That kind of stuff. Like, yeah. some things ain't going to be close to the comics, so as long as they have a good visual style mm-hmm. approach, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Because the, uh, I remember the old Voltron, versus mm-hmm. five iterations of Voltron. <laughs> I mean. Like, what the hell just happened? Like, well, yeah. <laughs> seems like they realize wait we can just go back to the original like no no well i want to cut <laughs> duh <laughs> yeah <laughs> they could have just went back to the original and just stuck with that it mm-hmm. was, it was, if nothing's broke don't you know don't fix it yeah good example power ranger when they got bought out it sucked and then when yam Saban came back yep. it revived itself now it has one of the best fighting games on xbox one and ps4 yeah that kind of thing. Like, who knew? Stick to what's not broke. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. super That's all I can say about it. Yeah. All right. Well, what about you, Kath? Uh, for some reason, it looks like it would. It's something that's made from Warner Brothers, but it. I don't know who's uh, behind it. No, it's not made by Warner. No, Brothers. I meant the style makes it. For some reason, it kind of looked like Mike Tyson's uh, Murder Mysteries, just a little bit, on certain angles uh. of the animation style. But other than that, okay. um, I thought you were going to say something else. Like, <laughs> I was like, I think it's a rip off of Booster Gold. That's what I was saying. <laughs> oh, you mean uh, the Bat? Well, it's either what Batman the Raven yeah. Gold or um, Justice League Unlimited. Well, Booster Gold, you know, the okay. same color scheme. Yeah, Except I think he has dark hair. 
and the other guy's blonde hair. Yeah. Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah, doesn't it? I mean, doesn't... Okay, if I remember correctly, he was blue and gold, right? Both of them were blue and gold. And no, uh, well, hair, okay, well, uh, Invincible, he was uh, black, light blue, and oh. uh, a little gold trimmings. Yeah. Booster so Gold was... Booster Gold. Booster Gold was more black. Gold. Yeah. Booster Gold was gold. with more gold, dark blue, and black. <laughs> the difference was the blue. <laughs> and he had white sides too, didn't he? Uh, okay, depend- I uh, last uh, statement. It was never close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was way off. Was, you know, it's like I misquoted Abraham Lincoln. Last night, so. <laughs> I was way off. Oh god, I miss you coming Fact back. Fact check, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. No correlations there. <laughs> okay. Okay. Awesome. So, so moving on from uh, New York Comic Con and stuff like that, uh, Mortal Kombat. We saw the trailer for uh, Combat Pack Two, and we saw fan favorite Melina uh, making her grand return. Um, even though a lot of people were, especially critics, a lot of people assumed that she was. Kind of instead of moving forward, how the way she looked, uh, she moved. It looks like they took two steps back. But I honestly think that there's a reason why they did that. They kind of explained it already. Yeah, but still, critics were like, "It still doesn't look good." Yeah, uh, yeah, because the uh, the ex Melina had lips, and mm. the previous Melina did. So I yeah. guess she's hotter with lips, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, it's a time travel thing, so this yeah. might be a MK9 Melina. I was more thinking of MK2. Yeah, which is MK9. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Storyline-wise, it's... Uh, you know, I'm not sweating it. Oh, no, <laughs> like yeah. Melina. Oh, no, yeah. Um, not only, not only um, Melina is making her grand return, um, we also have Rain making Prince. a comeback. Prince Rain. Yes, Prince. <laughs> and a lot of people who don't know... That the reason why Rain is purple, hence Purple Rain, they were a fan of Prince. Um, and also one character that I never thought that they were going to have, because uh, I was believing that they were going to have uh, Bruce Campbell, and it turned out to be John Rambo. <laughs> which, For Rambo 3. Which, surprisingly, they actually got... Sylvester Stallone to reprise his role one more time as John Rambo. First of all, there's so many Rambo lines out there in every movie. All of them are catchphrases. He said one of them right there. He's the the best one of all. I'm your worst nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> Dressed up in they Rambo back, 3. Like, 40 years worth of Rambo catchphrases right there. Yeah. fit every scenario. <laughs> <laughs> And I guarantee you, one of his fatalities has to include the famous helicopter uh, bomb arrow shot scene. It would have to be that. Probably. Uh, I'm, I'm just more, you know, speculative his variations. Like you said, the arrow is probably one of them. Machine guns for the other one. And the other one, I'm not thinking like set up like booby traps. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Well, what about in the first one, in the very first one, First Blood, where he hid in a tree and you didn't see him and then... <laughs> Slip the guy's cop's throat. Oh, you mean uh, the cloak? When you yes. The cloak? Yeah. Yeah, that was a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, overall, what do you think of these three new characters coming in? 
first of all, I said Ed Boon should not succumb to uh, terrorism or fans, and by giving in to providing Molina, even mm-hmm. though I love Molina, I was hoping that he would stick to the fact that she, there's always one character missing, fill mm-hmm. up a, a miss, but there was so much a, uh, a wave of angry fans out there, and then he gave it to them, and they are still upset. So I said, next time, don't do it. <laughs> Just, I love every more common character, but I understand why you had to like take some out. Right. Buy something new, mm-hmm. and that way they'd be missed. It's not like um, like take out my King of Fighters. That's the worst mistake ever. <laughs> oh yeah, that one year and every yeah. yeah, I remember because I was one of the many those like you can't have a King of Fighters tournament without my and you just ruined yeah. it. Yep, and yeah, Melina is not mine. Melina, she she's been there, I guess, from the, the revamp. Mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. I, so I guess I, I thought she'd be a like, mainstay. But so far, you gotta take at least one person out of the original revamps and make you miss it. Yeah, imagine if they took out Scorpion or Sub Zero or both. They did. <laughs> that flopped so miserably. <laughs> MK3 came out while Scorpion and Sub Zero, and they had to go all the way back to the studio. Oh man, we gotta add these guys. <laughs> and, and then they came out with Ultimate MK3. <laughs> uh... Yeah, this was a. Uh... Less than yeah, that Big mistake. They're never gonna do that again. Oh yeah, yeah. That's crazy. So, all right. So, um, okay. So, what do you think of Rain? What do you think of Rain and Rambo in it? Oh, I, I love Rain. I love Rambo. I, I like guest characters. Also, though, it's coming on the the fifteenth of pre-order. By chance, I need to let people know. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So, just to let you guys know. Um, well, there's two. There's two announcements that they did. Um, for Combat Pack 2 that's coming out on November 15th um, and also they're coming out with another physical copy of MK11 called Ultimate MK11 and it's going to have the expansion set uh, the, uh, the expansion and everything that came out on Compact, uh, uh, Combat Pack 1 and all the additional DLCs that came with it and if you do and that's coming out the week before Halloween no not the week before Halloween um, I think right after Cyberpunk 2077 comes out, that's when that one's going to come out on physically. And also, I think if you do order that version, pre-order that version, it, you will com- you will get the combo pack too for free on the house on that one. Plus, the first few will get the limited edition Sub Zero mask. <laughs> Is that the first time you heard about that? Yes, that's the first time I heard about that. <laughs> well, it's COVID. I mean, you might, you might as well get the coolest mask out there. You know? Yeah, might as well. Yeah. I did not know it's that. Halloween. Yep. Might as well just go. Okay. All right, so moving right along. Uh, this past weekend, uh, well, this past week, well, we've lost a, a lot of great um, musical artists from all walks of life. Um, just recently, too, like an hour ago, the original guitarist for Red Hot Chili Peppers passed away. Um, and last week, we lost two great legends in in, um, in music, especially in rock and roll. Um, last week, we lost Eddie Van Halen, who's quite considered to be the last, one of the last great guitarists that came out of the 80s. Um, and also, too, this past Friday was 
the birthday of John Lennon. Don't forget about Johnny Nash. Oh, yes, Johnny Nash, too. Johnny. Yeah, he died the same day as Van Halen. Mm-hmm. In case anyone uh, uh, doesn't know or remember, he's the one who uh, is responsible for the song, I Can See Clearly Now the Rain Is Gone. That's him. Yeah, I know. Yes. Yeah. That's the news. Yeah. So, yeah. So, okay. So, first let's talk about Eddie. All right. Um, look what he's done with his career, especially with um, with Van Halen and with uh, David Lee Roth and also Van Hagar when they had Sammy, Va- Sammy Hagar. Um, how the way he did, how the way he played the guitar, how he actually created his guitars started his own business on the side while he was on tour, became very um, successful. So here's the main question. Do you think there will be another Eddie Van Halen in our lifetime when it comes of of, uh, guitarists? No. Yes, definitely. Okay, why yes? Because probability. I mean, there was uh, Jimi Hendrix, there was Sammy Agar, there was Eric Clapton. Eric Clapton thought he was the best, and he met Jimi Hendrix, and he was like, oh my god, I'm going after this guy. So, and then, they're both, all of them passed away, there's always going to be somebody next. There's always going to be somebody who's going to take the spot. That's just the rule. And hopefully that's the rule. Maybe eclipse it, at least. Because, uh, you know, Van Halen, hate to say it, it's, it's, between him and uh, Eric Clapton and Hendrix, it's, it's all great, but he, I can't say he's the best. I'm knowing there's probably more coming out soon. Hmm. Okay. I'm also a fan of rock, so in general, this I, I hear all of these new rockers out there. Even though I'm not a fan of music, the guitar works pretty good. Yeah. Especially in Japan, I've been noticing a lot of jazz guitarists, electric guitarists, combining all this weird, you know, funky music. So. Oh yeah. And the answer is definitely yes. Oh yeah, and especially two um, traditional Japanese guitars players. When they play the traditional Japanese guitar over there, they've been taking those techniques from that style of guitar playing and putting it onto an electric guitar. And that's like phenomenal. Like if you haven't heard that, like try to listen to it. There's this one band I know out in Japan that plays in small shows, and their lead guitarist was actually. Um, he was originally a famous um, Japanese, a traditional Japanese guitar player, and he went from that to the electric guitar, kind of like what Bob Dylan did. He went from acoustic to electric, and how the way he just took that electric guitar and just started playing it, like how the way he would he would have an original Japanese guitar, it was like out of this world. It was crazy, like like he didn't even use a pick. He actually had the the original pick, the big long thick picks, and he's just like strumming it like that. It was just crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, I think it started anime and then video game. Like, mm. If it wasn't for the King of Fighters, I probably would not have picked up the like the Spanish guitar, Japanese fusion, jazz. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of it's kind of funky the way it sounds. Right. Like, I think the best example would be like Hikaru Shida's entrance before he goes into the, the flute. Yeah. That kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I say that. There's no future Eddie Van Halen. Nah, I, I doubt it. He might influence. He might be a giant that somebody's you know, stepping on the shoulders of. So that's mm. great news, at least. Yeah. Okay. All right. And then what about you, Cats? Why do you say that there won't be another, like, Eddie Van Halen? 
Um, well, he popularized the two-handed tapping technique. So, what's, well, I'm just saying in terms of using the guitar as, as an instrument, there's got to be, you, you're going to have to be very clever in learning how to tweak and mess with the guitar to make it your own unique sound. So that's so that's why you hear almost a, you know a bunch of musicians doing that same type because of Van Halen, especially at first since he hid the technique, at first until um, I guess they convinced him to well, people are gonna probably play it anyways or mimic it, so you might as well just do it in the concert, and that's what he did. Afterwards, he just turned around and just let it loose, and everyone saw how they did, and then they learned. Yeah, like even though too like. Um... Van Halen's parents were classical. Yeah, they're both classical um, musicians, and um, primarily Eddie and his brother Alex. They were um, supposed to be uh, classical pianists, but they decided to go for rock and roll better, and uh, they were classically trained. So that's why in uh, Jump, you know, Ed, Eddie was responsible for the synth uh, solo as well as uh, the riff. Mm-hmm. Class, classically trained. Yeah, he had those types of influences when uh, he was starting on, and and he was also the first drummer. He was he wasn't a drummer. Alex was a, a guitarist, but after Alex started filling with the with the drum and played uh, the solo from Wipeout, um, that's when he's like, "All right, dude, you, you're going to be the drums. I'm going to learn how to play the play the guitar. So hold on." And, and there you go. The pentatonic scales. That's what it's called. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. the only way to convince me that there's going to be someone as good as or maybe surpass Van Halen is if they do some technique or mechanization or something or somehow that can, well, not only is obviously in the footsteps of Van Halen, but actually sets itself as its own. Because right now everybody's doing, doing it as a common thing, you know, with uh, um, Jimmy Page using the violin, violin bow to play the guitar, you know, Van Halen with yeah. his double tapping technique, um, you know. Hendrix with six fingers. Hendrix with yeah. six fingers and stuff like that. Django Reinhardt with using two fingers. Yeah, we need something completely new. And, I, and right now we're not really seeing it. I'm, I'm just saying, like, you know, use a sandal. Use your shoe. See what you can do with a guitar. That's what I'm looking for. See what you can do, you know? Yeah, but Captain Cat's already listed a whole bunch of new things from Japan. Yeah. Yeah. I even got into Spain yet with the Spanish influence. Yeah. Yeah. Six string versus five. Yeah. Or five and a half strings or something weird like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... I might I might go on a limb to say this, but I think maybe the next great guitar player might come from Japan. I was gonna say Thailand <laughs> or Asian, yeah, or Asian general because, like, okay, like 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 a lot of like a lot of the Japanese rock bands, their influences go way back to like the, the surfer music and jazz. Like some of the best drummers in the world were originally jazz drummers. Um, and then in, like in Asia right now, like, for like, like example, in China, uh, Japan, Hong Kong, in Korea, 
some of the bands over there are starting to like notice okay this is what the westerners are playing this is what how they're playing it in europe okay how can we incorporate it into our, our to our stick and they're figuring it out they're experimenting i think that's what the one thing in music right now is lacking in in general huh. experimentation there's no more experimentation in music anymore since the early to mid 2000s i believe it's just like ugh, and everything turned into the same old I no, I think it's just gone way back. It's like I think right around the mid to late nineties. I think that was the last great era of experimentation with music, at least in the West. Uh, okay, I'll kind of disagree with that one because I'm. Uh, I mean, I've, I've been following a lot of international more sometimes. Like, right. like in Thailand, there's this is a band for uh, guitarists. Mm-hmm. He's just a band, or he has a band who happens to be the guitarist and a singer. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's Sick Loso. If you ever listen to him. He has, he's where right now. Right now he's doing some legal battles for having weapons in his house, <laughs> you know, in the country. But he wasn't a gangster, he just had weapons in his house. Right. But his guitar has been since the 80s, and he's still going. It, it's just that it's, nobody understands his music because it's not in English. Right. His guitar work is renowned. And then there's somebody like Juarez, and, mm-hmm. you know, oh, Juanes and Juarez came in. Aguares. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Juanes? Juanes, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I met oh. them with the Cajon. They, had the, they were playing Cajon with the one time. Like, hey, that's a Cajon? Oh, my God. I never know what a Cajon was. I thought it was just a city that nobody wants to go to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was yeah. all this time. And then I met, you know, Harabi de Paolo. Right. I, they were, you know what? Their guitar work? Subtle, but I could nobody could replicate it. Right. It's, one, it's, it's just the person doing it. They could do, uh, you know, it's maybe because of Santana. A lot of people stole a lot from Santana, which mm. is, by the way, he lives down the street from me. <laughs> <laughs> I hear him practice one time, like, oh man, he could actually play like that? <laughs> Fudge. <laughs> he has a house around here somewhere. And All right. So, yeah, Santana is still alive. He's still kicking it. And he's still rocking and rolling. Yeah. I, I can't say there's no Eddie Van Hill. Because there's still a Santana and there's still a Loso, mm-hmm. you know that kind of stuff. Yes, yeah. especially like you said, Japan's coming up. Spain's doing a great job. Yeah, South America's still kicking it, and Mexico's kicking it too. It's yeah. Eddie Van Halen is not the last one. He's a great one. Right. That's all I can say. Yeah. Okay. So as far as the, at least in the U.S., maybe the period of experimentation is already starting to stagnate. No, I think it's just new music out there that we're not into because we're getting old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, those young kids and they're rocking and rolling. <laughs> and put my fist on the air. <laughs> yeah, okay. And yet they still listen to Mozart and Beethoven. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's skinny jeans, I understand. It's yeah. not our time. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Walk so. the flock up time, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So besides the peanut gallery in the background, you know, making some noise. Okay, John Lennon. What do you? Th- okay, so we all know about John Lennon. You know, you know the history with him and the Beatles. You know his solo career and everything like that. Okay, do you think there will be another John Lennon, or no? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. I to be honest, the influence is too strong. There's, there's, there there's will not, be plenty. No, it's not that. It's just that 
but nowadays uh, you can't immortalize so John Lennon still exists in, in, in the sense that his music will always transcend but there's always new artists coming out and they're they're just not dying they're living longer they're living a clean life uh, I mean all these people are just being healthier mm-hmm. so because his death was so tragic and short I mean even they had like what 30 years prior For, oh, 40 yeah, 40. I mean, prior? He died in the 80s, right? I he died in 1980. Well, he was murdered yeah. in 1980, I should say that. Yeah, so, Beatlemania through all that, you know, Yoko Ono, and his long, winding road, all the CDs and all that stuff. Yeah. It's still, but he, he kind of lived short. And all these young artists out there are living longer. So you think, got, like, you know, so you're saying that we... It wouldn't be great... Well, there wouldn't be anybody great like him because he ended so suddenly. Right. We have great artists that might live past their, you know, their marquee time. Mm-hmm. Kept, you know, keep on going. Mick Jagger. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, he's like the opposite of Tupac. Like, Tupac <laughs> died 50 years after, like, 2000. Yeah, he, oh, they, they remember him. But he died so young and he was so prolific. Mm-hmm. People remember him more. Because they want more, you know, that Costanza. Oh, the, the, yeah. Mm-hmm. The <laughs> so what if, the, like, the, the what if scenario. Like, maybe yeah. we could have, like, if they were still around, maybe we would have heard more. Like, he could have been more influential, more creative, more this. Yeah. yeah. And in and our present situation, if, he could have been in more trouble. Don't forget, he was active. He was, he was a good political activist. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it's obvious he loved the environment and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. He, he beat it. He beat it, Richard Nixon. <laughs> yeah. They were they were gonna deport him. He had a plan to deport him, and it lasted three years until Watergate. Yeah, good old days. Mm-hmm. Dick. And so and uh, Lennon was like, you know, ha 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 ha, and he got his green card in '75. Yeah, clever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, and then then the, the the other one is if you last too long, you're eventually gonna burn down. Right. Like Madonna, her career was great, at, and then after the '90s, it, she just went downhill. So, from you know, performing arts-wise. Yeah. And then there's some people who just, you know, we do it casually, and you know, have grandkids, Steven Tyler, mm. that kind of stuff. Where did he just he just died so so yeah. sudden? Yeah. I was gonna say like you know um, with the whole Madonna thing. I was gonna say well sometimes. There are the there are those few um, artists that, even though they get older, they get a lot better, and it shows in their work. A uh, good example, Dolly Parton. Yeah, but she's not coming out with more. She's not. She's not coming out with more. That's true. But when she does come out, yeah, it's great. And the fact that she at, at the end of her, of her career, she or same career, she goes back to her roots. Yeah. And she, in, back, in fact, she goes further. She goes way back to her father's roots and starts doing more bluegrass. Mm-hmm. So that's she don't reinvent herself. She just take what she know and makes it better and better. Right. She's not Chris Jericho of music, so. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. All right. Okay. So one more question. All right. 
we know that uh, Lennon created a lot of music for the Beatles and stuff like that, and also for his very brief uh, solo career. What would you say would be his greatest song that he wrote? Uh, well, for me, I already mentioned it. But a lot of people don't like it because he wrote with Yoko. <laughs> the Long, the long winding, road. winding Road. Mm. That was a good song. So I was like, I, I, I can't blame Yoko for breaking up the band because of that. I, I kind of blame two men in the band with egos. That's right. George and Ringo. <laughs> I, I wouldn't even say Ringo because, like, out of all the songs, that, I know, I, uh, I know, but I'm just saying, like, even if Ringo had ego, I was gonna say, like, he only wrote two songs, and out of the two songs, one of them was good. No, he did. Octopus's Garden. Yeah, that was a great song. Yeah, yeah. and what was the other one? Oh uh, shoot! It, yeah, exactly. What was the other one? <laughs> he, he did a lot. He, I think he was just held back because John and Paul are pretty boys. And the singers. Well, there, well, primarily it was John that did most of the writing, but it was attributed to uh, Lennon McCartney. Yeah. Um, John and Paul. Yeah. When, when in reality it's John. Yeah. I thought it would be All You Need Is Love or Give Peace a Chance. Or Imagine. Or Working yeah. Class Hero. Or How. The song Nobody remembers How. those, man. I'm sorry. People all remember the like the good ones, like yesterday, mm-hmm. oh, di, oh, blah, da, life goes on. You know that they, they love that one, but mm-hmm. they don't remember like woman. The weird, awkward one. The one we did when, when, when he was with yeah, woman was good. Yeah, one, one <laughs> Tom Lennon's woman. Yeah, his last album, uh, Double Fantasy, and I have the LP. Woman, I love. I was gonna say the Strawberry Fields one, but yeah, he wrote that one. Yeah. And also, oh, a nice catchy one. So. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, a lot of people always think that he wrote um, Here Comes the Sun, and it was actually George that wrote it. Yeah. And he sang it better, too. Yeah. It's like he wrote it. You know, that's the performance in the 80s that changed my mind, making my favorite Beatles. We did the concert, and he sang Here Comes the Sun. Here's a song I wrote when I was in the Beatles. Okay. Oh, that's Here Comes the Sun. <laughs> Yeah, the, was, but they like, would rather hear uh, while my guitar gently weeps. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All yeah, right. I miss John too. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, we because, I was born, yeah, so. yeah, I mean, because of John, you know, the the technique of um, double tracking was made. Hmm. No, because uh, in the box that I wrote, I wrote uh, on my. Um, Diddy about John was that in, tw- in the song Twist and Shout he was practically yelling the song because he had a cold and he was about to lose his vocal cords for like forever like he mean he can talk but he won't sing ever and um, in order to alleviate it they had to do what now is called double tracking you know after okay. after Twist and Shout so since Twist and Shout this was like what 62 63 mm-hmm. so they so they tweaked out a bunch of uh Techniques so that uh, John's voice wouldn't uh, deteriorate as much, and hence we have double tracking. And now it's a common thing. Uh, yeah, that's actually yeah, that's pretty innovative. And also the fact that he hated to hear his own voice due to uh, emotional stuff within, in his life, so he didn't want to hear his voice. He didn't like it, so the double track, tweak it, make I, I two different techniques. The only thing I, I remember from John was he 
eat the, um, the F-bomb during Hey Jude, was it Hey Jude here at the end? And somebody actually recorded it live. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. Mm. It was found up. And at the end, was, the crowd came in and like, oh, you could hear the F-bomb. <laughs> yeah. But nobody ever caught it until one day somebody caught it and they played it over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Same thing with uh, David Bowie with um, Lady Stardust at the end. Oh. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, there we go. That's a lot of sad news. Oh, yeah. But but um, even though some sad news, you know, it's, um, it's always good to remember. To remember those who yeah. left the legacy and stuff like that. Oh, uh, yeah. And a side note, um, the Whitey Ford passed away, too, from the Yankees. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Of young age, of ninety-one. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. He was alive in what two world wars? Yep. He could have lived another year and gone to three world wars, man. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been awesome. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, I miss having you here on the show. <laughs> that was a- I know, that's why. <laughs> I'm like, hey, Norm McDonald on this group. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. All right, there you go, folks. Thank you much for joining us, for, this, for listening to this week's episode. Um, I'd like to thank Omega Kai coming here. And speaking of having Omega Kai coming here, he has a little mini announcement for you guys because he is starting a new podcast. Do you want, uh, you want to cut a promo on it? It's no promo. It's just about men, sexual health, and we're also going to review a lot of uh, all these Instagrammers. I mean, all these ladies, pretty much showing their butts and their body. I figured, you know, nobody's paying attention to them, and they're doing it anyway. And we're all um, looking at them, but nobody's willing to admit that they look at them. So it's just, it's kind of like there's no review or posting about them. Plus, um, there's also the adult industry. I'm planning to do a like, anything, you know preview of what's coming up I'm, I'm being honest it's it's gonna be for um, men who are sexually healthy or want to get sexually healthy plus here's a, here's a tidbit that, that I like that you probably guys might have liked it's the uh, cosplays all these cosplayers has no reviews nobody talks about it. it's just a small group of following and nobody talks about the cosplay news the, you know, the convention news all that stuff and nobody pays attention to them it's just like oh these are just freaks in costumes i like no no we, we got it's our form now. You know? Oh yeah, and definitely is yeah. an art form. Yeah, it, cosplaying is definitely. Yeah, an art we form witnessed now. it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I witnessed it and I stared a lot. I was got in trouble. Those southern laws back in the sixties. Whoa, I've been jailed. <laughs> you eye raping her, boy? Like, no, 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 sir. <laughs> I just appreciate her art form. <laughs> no, it's one of those things where yeah. It, Cosplay is just, it should be discussed and, you know, should be more news on it. Also, you know, Instagrammers, they're pretty much new, they cosplayers, they just mm-hmm. show you their butts. <laughs> no, but still, it's one of those mediums that don't it's like a guilty pleasure. Everybody, like, I know that actress, but I can't say her name because people will get confused. Mm-hmm. And I'm a perv. I'm like, okay, that's uh, Tracy Lords. <laughs> you know her from such films as... Right. Like, I don't know any. Like, stop lying. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's the girl from Nail and Pillow. 
my God. <laughs> That's Lisa Head. I love you from Nail and Palin. <laughs> oh, man. Just, uh, yeah, it's one of those things where it's people don't talk. It's taboo because people are ashamed of, you know. Well, I remember a local radio station. They did talk about that. <laughs> they actually did. Yeah. I won't say the, I won't but, say the station, but... Yeah. This is what I was in the service. Like, stop lying. I know you watch porn. Like, you know what that is. Yeah, I do. Yeah. She's from Bank Bus, episode 742. <laughs> Thank you, Troy McClure. Okay. Right. <laughs> but still. All right, so what's the name of your new podcast, and when is it going to be out? Actually, it's uh, it's a homage to... You guys remember this from the arcades. The old school um, core guzzlers. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a machine that takes a lot of cores. It's an arcade game. It's very hard and, you know, enthralling. Or the other core guzzlers where you do a peep show. And it's the old school one, not the uh, pornographic. You put a dollar in and watch three minutes of porn and all that. It's more where you put the core and you just go through pictures and slides and slides of burlesque. Ah, uh, yeah, uh, back in uh, back in the, the 1910s and 20s. Yeah. They were actually a penny. Fact, well, the most expensive was a nickel. Yeah, but, you know, yeah. who carries pennies and nickels on these? Yeah. <laughs> We still do. <laughs> also, there's a museum. Uh, there's a museum in uh, in Vegas just for burlesque, and they still have those machines out there. Yeah. So you get a chance. You could just go to the burlesque museum and check them out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were scandalous. They show ankles. Woo. Oh yeah, I remember that was. That's why they were like hidden, like in certain places and stuff like that. If you actually yeah. wanted to go see them, you, you it was kind of like um like a squeakiesies. Like, like yeah, it was much. like that. They were like part of that squeakies. It was like, it was like, yeah. So. Speakeasy. Yes. Well, maybe a squeaky. <laughs> <laughs> but still. All right. Well, once you, anywho. yeah. So anywho, once you get it up and everything, let us know and we'll definitely, you know, uh, spread okay, the Let's word. be honest. It's up, but I've been blocked by Facebook so many times. <laughs> because it might have been a nip slip or two. And, you know, when people send me pictures, I don't really go through them all. Mm-hmm. It feels like a portion of a nipple showing. I get blocked. Plus, I've been blocked because you know I'm posting a lot of political cartoons on both sides. I'm, I'm being fair of Trump and Kamala. <laughs> so I wait till seven days, and when I'm off of Facebook prison, I'll come visit y'all. Put everything back up. All right then. Yeah. Okay. My time. You know. mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. I hope you guys had a great time listening to us and. Uh, uh, thanks for Omega Kai to be here again. Yay! Chris Candido 7. Chris Candido 7. Oh, yeah. oh, 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 I'm back to 8. I'm back to 8. Somebody beat me again. Ah, uh, uh, okay. Alright. Must have been sunny. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Alright. Okay, so until then, thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you guys have a great time. Have a great week. Stay safe out there. Put on a mask. Be nice to one another. And keep your physical and social distancing on the air. I am Captain Katz. I am We Are Katz. Oh, yeah, I'm here too, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll the, yes, and thank you guys so much, and we hope to hear you, have you guys with us next week. Until then, take care. Yo-ho!